Welcome to Life Learnings. My name is Paul Kachansky, and our guest today in the studio is Kokto Yip. He's a researcher and an international speaker on 3ABN and also around the world. Kokto, we're pleased to welcome you back to 3ABN Australia Radio. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Kokto, you've presented a number of presentations uh, for our television audience and our radio audience. And today, you'll be speaking about the power of what we believe. But what we believe mm. finally has power over us. So we've got to be very careful what we choose to believe in the first place. Not what you're taught, what you're told, but what you choose. Oh, yes. Let me start with a few stories okay. to demonstrate power of belief. Mm -hmm. Sam Schumann, he had an encapsulated tumour mm -hmm. that would not have threatened his life. But when it was diagnosed, the doctors told him he had cancer, and that's all he knew. Um, three months later, he died. And they did an autopsy mm -hmm. and find, found that the tumour was encapsulated. It did not threaten his life. But Sam died anyway. Why? He believed he had cancer and that he would die. Hmm. So, the power of belief. If we believe wrongly, it has power over us. This is quite, uh, quite remarkable because in the islands, this has happened quite frequently where people thought that they would die and they did die. Yes, yes. And, and in the islands, I'm sure there is witchcraft and spells. Mm -hmm. And the next story I want to tell you is about witchcraft. Mm -hmm. There was Vance, uh, this man Vance. He was uh, walking past a graveyard one night, and a witch doctor got hold of him, pinned him to the wall, and said, I've put a curse on you. You'll die. And before Vance could reach home, he was suffering from palpitations, he was dizzy, and then later he couldn't sleep, he had, he had vomiting spells, you know. Hmm. He was at death's door, hmm. and the family brought him to a Western doctor. And the doctor knew what had happened because the Vance told him. Mm -hmm. And he said to the family, bring Vance back tomorrow, and I think I'll, I can help him. Mm -hmm. So the next day, the doctor injected Vance with a substance that caused Vance to vomit. And the doctor had a dead lizard in his pocket. And as Vance vomited, he threw that dead lizard into the pail oh. and said to Vance, See, I've broken the spell. I went last night to that cemetery, caught that witch doctor, and got him to tell me what he did. Your spell is broken. And immediately, Vance recovered. Wow. So here's another example. I think, but the most uh, amusing example is Derek Adams. Uh, he volunteered to test certain medicine in a clinical trial. And in a clinical trial, you you're given the placebo. Yep, that's very powerful in some ways. Uh, yeah, it's, it, but it's a, a sugar pill, okay. basically. And he was given the med medication, the mm -hmm. test medication. I mean, they were given the test medication, but... Derek had no idea whether he had the sugar pill or the real thing. Double controlled blind oh, yes. control that, That's the, the process, the, the technical name, right? Yep. 
And Va uh, and Derek went back and uh, one day had a big quarrel with his girlfriend. And Derek said, I'm going to kill myself. Oh, no. <laughs> and he swallowed all the pills he had. Now, he thought they were the real thing. And immediately, uh, heart palpitations, blood pressure shot up, you know, it was dizzy. It was rushed to emergency. And the emergency, and he's, uh, the emergency said, well, what did you do? He said, I took all these pills, you know, these test pills. And the um, hospital called the clinical trials mm -hmm. and said, what did Derek have? Mm -hmm. Derek had the sugar pills. Mm -hmm. And they told Derek. And when Derek realized that, he immediately got better. <laughs> wow. So the power of belief in all of these stories yes. is huge. Yes. And, and the most, uh, <laughs> I think, dramatic thing, the dramatic one was the anti-nausea test, right? And these were women who, when they were pregnant, had nausea. Mm -hmm. Morning sickness. Yes, that's what they call them, right? Mm -hmm. And they had put a, a pump into the stomach that would, detect the, con the, the contractions of the stomach mm -hmm. as they uh, sense that nausea. Yep. But this time, they gave the women uh, pills that were not anti-nausea. They gave them pills that would actually cause nausea. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, these pills would settle down, settle you down. They're anti-nausea. And true enough, in every case, the pump showed that the contractions reduced. Even though they were giving them <laughs> medications to stimulate nausea, their belief that they were giving medications to settle it down overpowered the drug. Yes. Yeah. That's remarkable. So our, our mind, what we believe, is so important. Now, we've got to choose very carefully, especially when it comes to spiritual things. Especially. Now, you don't want to believe a lie. Well, you don't want to believe a lie. You don't want to misconstrue who God is, misinterpret who He is. Yeah. Yes. And especially in these days, there are so many kinds of Jesus. Presented. Presented. Jesus be, is being re-engineered. Right, so this is mm. a very dangerous uh, area. So lead us through, Cocteau. How can we be sure that we are not... Um, deceived or that we choose to believe what is actually right? Our view of God, our mm -hmm. trust in Him, mm -hmm. our understanding of who He is is so vitally important. Mm -hmm. Perhaps another story would, 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 would Illustrate do again. it. Right. There was a, a story I heard from a friend of mine, a psychiatrist. Uh, he told a story, and he was looking after this man. He, he, he called him Sergeant Jones. Mm -hmm. Sergeant Jones was uh, manager tank, and he was involved in this night attack in, I think it was Desert Storm. Mm -hmm. And Sergeant Jones was a, is a Christian. Mm -hmm. And to comfort his, 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 his team, he called the men together before the attack and got some holy oil and prayed and uh, uh, with the oil, put crosses on the tank mm -hmm. and uh, prayed for safety mm -hmm. in that night attack. And as they started up the tank, the 
captain said to Sergeant Jules, let me have your communication equipment because I'm controlling about 100 tanks and mm -hmm. my equipment has gone down. So Sergeant Jones said, how can I go in without communication in the dark, <laughs> in a tank, you know? But the captain said, I've got to have it uh, because my role is more important. So Sergeant Jones surrendered his communication equipment. So he had a tank with no communication device. Yes, and they started up the tank hmm. and they tested the night vision. And his night vision was off, couldn't turn it on. It wasn't functioning. And he said to the captain, I'm not going in. I can't go in blind and deaf <laughs> to war. <laughs> yes. But the captain said, oh, we need every man, every tank on, on this job. Because when you're in there, at least you distract, distract the enemy. And he would, you would distract and draw his fire. And instead of shooting up at the others, he might shoot at you. Mm. <laughs> so... Sergeant Jones had to go in anyway. <laughs> and as he went in, uh, they were shot at, uh, the tank got damaged, mm. but they survived. But from then on, Sergeant Jones suffered from PTSD. Which is post-traumatic. Oh, cold sweat, bad dreams, completely disoriented for months and years. And... And the psychiatrist uh, said to him one day, Sergeant Jones, don't you think that God protected you? Hmm. And when Sergeant Jones realized that God had in fact protected him, that he wasn't dead, he survived, hmm. even though he was deaf and blind going in, mm -hmm. he began to trust God again. And PTSD disappeared. With his belief in God. When you... Your, your faith is reinstated when you truly believe in God. When you suspect, the, su suspect God in any way, mm -hmm. your faith fades and you're on your own. But when he regained his faith, mm. he got healed. So how? Genu genuine faith. Yes. In a real, loving, powerful, all the attributes, and, and we'll get into this, the belief that he had was actually healing to his body, mind, and soul, and life. Yes. So mm. just the, the, the mere suspicion of God mm -hmm. drew him away from a relationship with God. Mm. But his, when his faith was reinstated, he got connected and he healed. Wow. And that's so important in every aspect of our lives. Yes. So first of all, when Sergeant Jones believed a lie, what was the lie that he was and believing? The lie was God cannot be trusted. Mm -hmm. His amygdala, which was the fight and flight uh, mechanism in our brain, mm -hmm. worked over time. It enlarged. What fires together, wires together. Mm -hmm. right? And the ACC, which is the part of the brain that actually calms the amygdala, the ACC is the part of the brain that worships, that love, that has the will and re recognize what's reality. Mm -hmm. That part, could not calm an inflamed amygdala. Mm -hmm. In fact, it worked the other way. The amygdala would overpower. deactivate, mm. overpower mm. the ACC. Mm. Depression came in. But when truth was restored, mm -hmm. everything began to heal. So truth in 
as it is in Christ in the Bible is so very important as the foundation. So you're saying that truth is healing. Truth is healing. Truth builds character. Truth uh, leads us to face the evil of the day. Truth heals. Truth is about the love of God and the perfect love of God casts Cast out fear. fear. So it's all strung together. It overlaps. It gives yeah. you the big picture. Mm, okay. Now, the stories in the Bible uh, strengthens this idea that, you know, what we are looking for is not just the raw power of God. Mm-hmm. You know, often we, we say, ah, oh, why did this bad thing happen? Where is the power of God? Yeah, blame God in, in a way. Yeah. But God wants to give us more than this sense of his raw power. He wants to heal us. He wants us to trust him. He wants us to grow in his character. And the story of the ten lepers in the Bible. Mm-hmm. That's in the New, gives, New Testament, in the Gospels. Yes, that's mm-hmm. where it is. The story goes, uh, one day, ten lepers came up to Christ and said, asked for healing. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, go, show yourself to the priest. Be and all ten walked towards the temple, the priest. And all ten were healed. But only one leper turned back. To say thank you. To say thank you. But more than that, I think, to, to find out for himself, who is this whose mercy and love healed me? What mm. is his character? Mm. Huh? Why did he do this? That's an important question. Yes. Why so, did God help him, help them all? It is in the character of God to heal, to make whole. That's God's character. That's right. So uh, this one person came back and to know God, to Mm -hmm. worship, to Mm -hmm. find out, to seek Mm -hmm. after. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You see? To seek after who is this? In other words, to know the character of God and to benefit of it himself, perhaps to become more like God. And Jesus said, this one, this only this one who came back is made whole. So nine were healed. Ah. They felt the raw power of God. But that is not wholeness. Wholeness. To be healed is not wholeness. To come back for the character is wholeness. Complete wholeness. Yes. So you're saying without a spiritual dimension, true healing cannot happen? Is that what you're saying? Well, you're healed, but you're not whole. There's There's a difference. A big difference. The value is in wholeness. You can be healed and you can be careless again about your life. You can be uh, uh, fearful. You may have no gratitude. Mm -hmm. You could be egotistical. Mm. You could be of no use to society. You could be healthy. (laughs) Yeah. But not whole. Not whole. That's an that's a important distinction. Uh, that's oh, yes. an sp- important so distinction that we need what, to What I'm trying discover. to say mm. is there's a big distinction between power and character. Okay. And this is again reflected in the story of a woman mm-hmm. in the Bible who had an issue of blood, an illness where she bled for 12 years, mm-hmm. getting no better, spending all her money. Mm-hmm. And in desperation, her path crossed with Christ. She reached out to Jesus. She reached out to Jesus. She felt unclean, Mm -hmm. uh, bleeding Mm -hmm. as a woman. And in that crowd, as they pressed around Jesus, she she 
went between the people, just reached out her hand as Jesus passed mm-hmm. to seek healing. And the Bible says power went out from Christ mm-hmm. to her, and she was healed. Mm-hmm. Now, she was healed, power. But that was not entirely it, what Jesus wanted for her. It didn't stop there. It didn't stop there at all. Because what did Jesus say? Jesus stopped and said, asked, who touched me? Yes, and he knew who touched him, right? So why did he ask, why so did he it ask was the question? A, a question to evoke something in the woman, and it did. And she said, I'm so sorry, it's me, Lord. I felt unclean, it's 12 years, I'm so desperate. She confessed all. Was that when she was made whole? Ah, then Jesus said to her, you're made whole. After she had engaged in dialogue with Jesus. The more important thing was for Jesus to tell her, you're made whole, your faith has made made you whole. whole. That's the important Mm. thing. So a lot of us look for power. Mm -hmm. That's not it. That's part of it, but not it. Yes, not it. It's just part of it. It's too raw, too too, um, simplistic. Uh, Jesus wants us to be made whole as a person, as he had designed us to be. How has he designed us? Body, soul, spirit, mind? Mm -hmm. In the image of God. In the image of God, not just physically. Not just physically. He wants to restore us in the, in, in, not compartmentalized, mm-hmm. right? Physical is in compartment mm-hmm. of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, there is no real compartment. We describe ourselves in wholeness as physical, mental, and spiritual. spiritual. So this wholeness is real healing. Wow. Right? This is so important. Now, so we said what we believe has power, but what we choose to believe finally has power over us. If we shortchange ourselves and think, God is just power, raw power. That's part of the story. You've missed the whole thing. To be a human being, a real human being, mm-hmm. you have to be, to feel in, in touch with God, as one with God in wholeness, mm-hmm. and then we can be whole in relation to the rest of society. Mm-hmm. The ones we love, our children, our friends, our mothers and fathers, mm-hmm. our community. Beautiful. And um, there are so many things in, in our construction, in, in the human makeup, mm-hmm. human design, that is uh, related to our brain and our perception of things. So, so choosing, Cocteau, how, can we, how can we increase our positive and decrease our negative in the brain? Yes. Uh, Understanding our true concept of God, believing lies and believing, not believing the lies, but believing the truth about God. And there are many versions of Jesus, Mm -hmm. many versions of God, and we've got to zoom in on the right thinking. I mean, the the example of... um, Schumann and, and, and the, uh, the placebo pills mm. and Sergeant Jones mm. tells us we've got to be very discerning. Yes. Yes. Now, I'll tell you a story about um, Dr. Zander. Mm-hmm. He was the, he was uh, in the uh, earlier, uh, the, 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 the conductor of the Boston Philharmonic. Mm-hmm. And the Boston Philharmonic would bring in the top musicians from around the world. Mm-hmm. from different countries 
and singers and soloists and all that. And Dr. Zander would harmonize them into the Boston Philharmonic and perform. Mm -hmm. Great music. Ah, yes. And, um, and his earlier method was to make them practice, 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 and then grade them. And there was always the top. And if he had 200 musicians, the last, that would still, although they were top musicians, the mm -hmm. last one will still be in the orchestra. The last. <laughs> so when they practiced, he said, they were on their own. They practiced as if they were in a prison, in a silo, in mm -hmm. competition to avoid being last. Mm -hmm. And it did not do well for the music. So what did he do instead? He said, one day he said, musicians, you're all going to get an unconditional A. But just six months thereafter, write a letter to me. What the unconditional A did for your musical life. So, hmm. and six months later, he got these letters. Mm -hmm. And all of them said virtually the same thing. Which, which was? Dear Dr. Zander, <clears throat> I did not feel as like an A, but you insisted that I am an A. I have been liberated from competition, from practicing on my own. Now I practice with my friends my fellow musicians. I can feel and hear the music. I discover new techniques as I play as a team. Wow. Life as a musician is different. It's blossomed <laughs> and it's powerful. Yes. Now, Cocteau, how can this, there are some parents that are listening, some grandparents that are listening, yeah. that have children that maybe, how do I say this? on the wrong path of life, making some choices that are bad. Hmm. What if you just shared this example of Dr. Zander expressed unconditional love, they all got a, an A. Mm -hmm. Can that help our young people, our children, mm -hmm. to transform their life from the inside out rather than expecting, demanding, directing their life to be changed on the outside in? Mm -hmm. Yes, it has a direct, very real application to our our life. Now, let's say Dr. Zander's unconditional A is like God's unconditional love. What does that mean? Well, we may be doing the wrong things, but God has a tremendous desire, a loving desire for us to do what sets us free from competition, mm -hmm. from fear. Right? The musicians were suffering from that mm -hmm. under the grading system. Yep. Right? So, Dr. Sander turned it all around. God has turned it all around. Come as you are. Wherever you want, you are. As long as you want to be more like, to be more whole, to be made whole, mm -hmm. you can come unto Him. That's an invitation that that's God an invitation. extends an to each of us. An open invitation, unconditional. That's, that's almost no. absurd. Well, all Xander did was say, Write me a letter. Tell me how things change. Now, God, all he wants to hear from us is in response to his unconditional love. Mm -hmm. How is your life changed? It's that simple. It's that simple, isn't it? <laughs> now, one misconception that's in danger when we talk about unconditional love is that we come and. We are invited to come, come as you are. Yes. But in setting us free 
from our fears. Mm -hmm. He offers us a design of love. Mm -hmm. So the more we take of that love, the the less fear we have. Mm -hmm. So we must, as a subsequent to accepting the condition, we must progress in the same direction of accepting his love, imbibing his love, uh, partaking of his love, and that would change us from glory to glory. Behold the Lamb, behold Christ, and you will be changed from glory to glory. Right? There is that kind of condition, but mm. it's, the, it's the path towards freedom. So does, does God invite us to this, to this life-changing power and then gives us the power to change? Mm-hmm. And... Well... Well, we, we can talk conceptually, right? Mm. With this, this language, yes. we struggle yes. for the words. Yes. But the stories tell it more clearly. Okay, give us a story, please. That's right. I want to tell you other stories, right? Um, uh, th- there is this experiment done by Dr. Brene Brown, and mm-hmm. she's well-known for talking about how society has taught us that uh, the media, she said, has, is teaching us that we, not everyone, deserves to be loved. Now, mm-hmm. that is a dangerous thing that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Because to be loved is to, to be tall and handsome or be thin and pretty. skinny and pretty. Your teeth has got to be straight. You could be doubly qualified. <laughs> right? that, that's the impression. Mm-hmm. So other than that, you don't deserve to be loved. And if you don't think you deserve to be loved, how are you going to accept God's love to begin with? So mm-hmm. there's the mm-hmm. barrier mm-hmm. that society, the media, has put on society. Mm-hmm. Right? And when we suffer from that, the shame and the pain is overwhelming. This mm-hmm. emotional baggage, baggage yeah. is overwhelming. And they wanted to see how people can heal. Mm-hmm. Right? And they said, and she said, um, we've got to confront our pain and our shame. And the more we talk about it, if we can find a friend to confess mm-hmm. our shame and pain, the more we heal, the less there is of that. But again, we hide from shame. Mm-hmm. We hide from pain. Mm-hmm. Again, how do we confront? And they tested this out, right? There was the internet. There's the chat rooms and so forth. And they had thousands of tests where the person with the pain mm-hmm. would speak, would, would write on the internet. To another person, um, let's say Cinderella writes to Superman, mm-hmm. <laughs> confesses her, her past. Wouldn't that be a, an interesting dialogue? <laughs> yes. And they've done this for thousands of people. They don't see each other. They don't know each other. Anonymous. They're anonymous. Mm-hmm. And Cinderella pours out her life to Superman for hours, for days, for years. What's the change? And in every case, Cinderella doesn't heal because Superman is not real. Really? Yeah. So here is a lesson for us Christians. If we think that God is there, maybe he's there. Maybe he cares. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he hears. (laughs) Maybe he doesn't. And we can speak to God. Go to church. We won't heal. Just like Cinderella didn't heal speaking to Superman. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, 
the experiments went that, for example, if I trusted you mm -hmm. very much, mm -hmm. and uh, three weeks ago, I stole something from a shop, but I respect you and trust you, and I take the trouble to free myself of that pain and mm -hmm. shame, mm -hmm. I said to you, Paul, I stole, and I'm so ashamed of myself. Mm. I needed to tell a friend. And the moment I confront my shame and pain by telling you whom I trust, mm. that pain and shame comes out, and I begin to heal. So yeah. in, in a greater sense, mm -hmm. God is real. God can be trusted. He says, come as you are. There's an invitation right yes. there. Yes. So we must take up the invitation to God who is real. And he's proved himself through the Bible, through prophecies, through nature, through revelation, all these factors. Yes. And that drawing power, that love, will expose our pain, our shame, and we begin to heal. Are you suggesting, Cocteau, that more than just confessing it to a friend, but confessing it to God who is our ultimate friend, our ultimate father, is that where true healing comes from? Is that what you're suggesting? Yes. And so there is a greater meaning to believe. Yes. It's not just, oh, just Maybe. believe only, you know, mm. and you'll be okay. The word believe has got a huge meaning mm -hmm. be behind it. So the concept of believing and coming back to God, right, not just thinking of him as raw power, mm. but wanting to know who he is, his character. Do you want to be made whole? Mm. Do you want to be drawn to be made whole like he is whole? Mm. And to that. believe that he has the power to do so, if he chooses to do so, the invitation is extended. Come to me. That's that amazing. Crucial. That's crucial. Yes. Cocteau, no. speak to us about brain function and the Christian prayer. Yes. Now, the uh, neuro neuroscientists, they've looked at the brain as it functions. Mm -hmm. And they saw that when a person is making a list to Santa, Santa Claus, mm -hmm. the prefrontal cortex, the prefrontal lobe, didn't activate in, as in spontaneous prayer. Mm. In other words, uh, spontaneous prayer, when we believe God is real, mm -hmm. the frontal lobe activates as we speak to God because we think He's there. God is real. Right? We trust mm -hmm. Him. Mm -hmm. We love Him. Now, the only way to, to live is to be with Him. Mm -hmm. But Santa is imaginary. You can't trick your brain into thinking Santa is real. And as you write your list, the frontal cortex doesn't even activate. So your brain understands the difference <laughs> between reality and belief. Yes. Exactly. And the truth. Yes. So you can't mm. trick it to say, oh, I'll go to church and that's where God is and, and, and that's where he's real. No, 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 no. You've got to be real in your life. Wow. Yeah, okay. That's interesting. Yes. And um, the brain also doesn't activate in the same way when interacting with computers or inanimate objects. So the brain understands the difference between reality and imaginary. Yes, very much so. Now, more than that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, when reciting memorized prayers, mm -hmm. uh, repetitive prayers or repetitive mantras, the same brain region lights up as when reciting nursery rhymes. Uh, reciting wow. nursery rhymes takes no effort. A little ditty, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that same area activates. Mm. So a reciting prayer, repetitive prayer, they doesn't don't, have power. Doesn't have power. Interesting. Yes. So where where is the power in contrast? If you're saying that memorized prayers, even in the Christian context, doesn't have power, but where is the power? We're saying spontaneous prayer. Spontaneous prayer comes because as you build up your relationship with God, you don't need to recite. Mm-hmm. You speak to God as a friend. For example, when you speak to your wife, you don't recite, uh, I must say these words in line, Dear wife, yes. I love you. <laughs> yes. and, and say the same pattern of words every time. You don't do that with your wife, do no, you, Cocteau? No, no, of course not, right? And she doesn't do this. If I did that, I don't think we would be married for too long, right? <laughs> but people treat God like that. Yes, exactly. Why? Well, uh, <laughs> that's a hard question to answer, I know. But, yes. but are you saying that spontaneous prayer, treating God in a different way, approaching God in a belief that he's holy, mm-hmm. that he's powerful, merciful. that he's loving, yeah. that he loves you, that's merciful, yeah. that he died for you to give you life, does that change our prayer life? Well, um, there was uh, a research uh, uh, done on Muslims who had been persecuted from uh, Kosovo and Bosnia. Okay. They came, they were, they were refugees, and the social scientists and the neuroscientists began mm-hmm. to look at them. Mm-hmm. Now, 60% of these Muslims had PTSD, which mm-hmm. is nightmares and cold sweats and... Uh, traumatized life. Traumatized life. Mm-hmm. And of this 60%, 77% of this 60% who had PTSD... Mm-hmm. They had negative forms of prayer. Which means? They said, Lord, you know, those people who persecuted us, may your wrath and your judgment be upon them. And they suffered PTSD. So they were praying negative prayers of of anger? Yes, vengeance and anger. And it didn't make them whole. It prolonged the PTSD. But there were others... Mm-hmm. Muslims from mm-hmm. the same area, mm-hmm. they didn't suffer from PTSD. And their prayers was, Lord, thank you so much for bringing me out of that horrible situation. Yeah. Uh, we thank you. We're grateful. May your mercy be upon our enemies. Same prayer. No, not the same prayer. Same situation. Same situation that they lived through. Yeah but with a positive attitude of gratitude made a huge difference in their recovery? Yeah, completely. So who is God? Is he a God of vengeance, a a God of uh, mercy? Uh, Are we grateful? Are we hateful? Well, there are people that read the Bible and see God as a God of wrath and destroying and killing, and there's pictures of God that he is loving and kind and merciful and all the good things. Mm-hmm. So how do we understand this, Cocteau? How do we understand the true picture of who God is? That's it. So the power. There's power when, well, when we, there's power in what we choose to believe. And when, after we've chosen, that power has power over us. So now we've got to choose to believe, to have a picture of God clearly from the Bible of who he is, who he really is. And that's what that one leper out of the ten, 
mm. came back to find out who God really who is. Who God really is? Who is this Jesus? Mm. And now, as we near the end of time, what we are finding is theologians, speakers, thought leaders are re-engineering Christ. They are presenting a cosmic Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, they are presenting God who is cosmic, who is part of the universe, mm-hmm. who um, does not differentiate between good and evil. Okay. So, Cocteau, what did a popular media outlet uh, compare Christ with? They said that uh, Christ in his earlier years had learned meditation, Buddhist meditation at that, in uh, Turkey. See, mm. for example, they are re-engineering Christ. But how do we get a true picture of who God and who Christ is? Is it from the Bible? There is only one source, and that's the Bible. And deep and Bible study. Read the whole Bible. Read the whole Bible. Comparing Scripture with Scripture. Don't just read one verse and say, see, God kills his enemies. See? Yes. yes. Some people have a, a warped view of just one one aspect of God. God is big. God is powerful. But ultimately, God is love. Would you agree with that? Yes. But they are also re-engineering love, unfortunately. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yes. Um, let, let me, let me uh, position this. Uh, it's not easy to describe. But mm-hmm. Now, the Eastern thought says this. As we observe the universe and there is all that is the universe is God itself, mm-hmm. everything. So God is in the universe. It's in the flowers and the trees and the air. And therefore, God is in every man. Uh, whether you are a saint or a sinner, yes, God is in you. And that sounds very loving. That sounds very inclusive. Mm-hmm. Right? But is that really God? Now, that same philosophy, the Eastern philosophy, has crept into Christianity. Mm-hmm. And the way it is sold, Pre- presented. presented, is like the, well, they don't say like the East, but they're saying we are all immersed in the unconditional love of God. The East says the whole universe is God. Mm-hmm. But the Christians are saying they're misapplying unconditional love here. We're all immersed in the unconditional love of God. Actually, you can't escape it. It's just that you, when you don't know that unconditional love, you do the wrong things. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and so they liken the unconditional love of God like a billion dollars of one-dollar notes. And it fills the whole stadium in which you stand. Mm-hmm. But you don't see it because you're out of focus. But... When you get your eyes into focus, when you change your spectacles, Mm -hmm. you see that billion dollars. And your life is automatically, organically, naturally transformed. Mm -hmm. Now, is that true? Is that preaching not the same, the very same as how the East presents it? God is everything. Everywhere is in the flowers and the mm-hmm. trees and in every man. And when you meditate and find this truth, you will be transformed. Mm. Same kind of teaching, 
But what does the Bible teach about Mm -hmm. God? Okay. And we've covered that. Mm -hmm. When God shows his love, his character, Mm -hmm. the strength of his love, it shows us our weakness. Shows us who we are. Who we are. How much we need them. How much we need him. Mm. It shows us our own sins. It shows us that we need to share because of our sins in his death and his resurrection. Accept his perfect life for our imperfect life. Yes. An exchange of good for evil, of life for death. And by his stripes we are healed. So he That's tr- it. He draws us in that direction, Mm. you see. But these two ways, of the Eastern way of teaching and the neo-Christian way of teaching it, you're automatically, organically transformed. You don't have to face your own sins, your own weaknesses. You don't have to share in his death and resurrection. There is no uh, atonement. So what's the point of having Christ? It's so natural. It's a Christless teaching. It's a... a re-engineered, dangerous, so-called Christian teaching. Mm. You see? So this is where the danger is. Cocteau, you've done a lot of research and a lot of study into these areas because you yourself came from a a, um, a background of meditation and you've got a website that uh, people can find out more information about this kind of material. What's that website, Cocteau? Well, the website is called meditation dash. Mind your brain. Mind your brain is in one word. Mm-hmm. So it's meditation-mindyourbrain.com. Okay. Um, there, the, the, the website identifies a lot more problems, mm. particularly in the meditative area. Okay. Because the, the meditative practices of the East have been uh, sanitized by uh, Christianity and it's becoming central in Christianity in something called the emerging church. Mm-hmm. The emerging church is a kind of church that's very inclusive, not just ecumenical within Christianity, but it seeks to unite the East with the West. Mm. So it's very inclusive. So they've broadened out the narrow way of the Bible mm. into a huge highway. In the name of love. Mm. And so, in that context, it's very important what we choose to believe. Because what you have chosen to believe finally, ultimately, has power over you. Wow. But so far, we've talked about personal personal benefits, Mm -hmm. how to be made whole personally. Mm -hmm. And it's so important for us to follow the Bible way of making us whole. Mm-hmm. When we have made, been made whole by God, we've had that experience. So falsehood, as they come, mm-hmm. because you have had the genuine experience, mm-hmm. you won't fall for the Faith. false. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Because the false now, uh, the meditative ease, it comes with a lot of neural phenomena. Mm. A lot of tranquility and sleep waves and euphoric feelings of Mm. how all barriers are broken down between you and the universe. And you and the universe are one and you are one with God. Cocteau, can we base our belief system and our, our, um, I'm going to say, worldview on feelings? You see, the Bible teaches 
also teaches feelings. But the first step is to believe in the Word of God. All right? Now, mm-hmm. the Word of God, a, tr- a, a real belief in the Word of God, also gives you good feelings. It does. But it's driven by the Word. And by, by fact. Yeah, exactly. By your trust in the Word. For example, mm-hmm. the Bible says um, the law of God is holy, just, and good. It does. Now, first of all, you've got to read the law. You've got to meditate on it. You've got to understand it. And from its understanding, you come to the feeling that it is holy, just, and good. Now, you mentioned the word meditate. In that context, you're saying to think about it. To dwell on it. To dwell on it, to pray about it. Yes, to ruminate on it. Not just to read it and then forget about it. Yeah, that's not not meditation. That's not biblical meditation. Mm -hmm. Biblical meditation is to get to an understanding of it. Mm -hmm. It's now. Now, once you've got there, uh, and you've had that experience, yes, the the, of the law being holy, just, and good. That's a good feeling. Mm -hmm. So the feeling is driven and initiated and caused and created by your understanding. So the Bible is not without feelings. The Bible is full of feelings. Full of feelings. You know, God is a jealous God, mm. a consuming fire. Mm. You know, and so those feelings are legitimate. You ought to have that. Now, yeah. once you do not have that, and you're a dried out Christian, the East <laughs> comes in with its meditation, and sweeps you away. Sweeps you away with the feelings that you originally had lacked. So then you become feeling-driven and not word, not the truth-driven, not the word-driven. Mm. And when you're feeling-driven, dri- oh, the feelings can lead you astray, lead Down you the to wrong place. Path. Yeah, exactly. Because what you choose to believe will eventually well, have power over you. Exactly. Now we're going full circle. We've come to realize how important it is, how and what we choose to believe. Yeah. So it's, it's uh, true. What we believe is transforming. But if it's driven by feelings and feelings are weak mm-hmm. because it doesn't have the intellectual, the understanding. Cocteau, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. There are Christians that take that verse and believe it and trust it as true, and it changes their life. Mm-hmm. Yes. You believe that. I believe that. There are maybe some of our listeners that do believe it or don't believe it. Mm-hmm. And what we've been talking about today, what we choose to believe is important. Yes, very much. Because it changes our whole life. Can you can you think of some examples of, of people that have chosen to believe in a good God amid tragedy? Well, yes. Um, there's this man, Nick. I can't pronounce his other name. Would you help me? Uh, Nick Vojcic. 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 Uh, I just call him Nick. Nick's for short. Yeah. And he's the man who's got no arms. Mm-hmm. No legs. But he's a Christian. He's got great faith in God. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, Nick is not whole because he's got no arms and no legs. But is that the def- definition of wholeness? Ah, 
that's well physically it's not whole but without arms and legs emotionally how do you think he would feel let's ask him yes and I want to read from what he says about Mm -hmm. himself okay he said pain is pain broken is broken fear is the biggest disability of all and will paralyze you more than you being in a wheelchair that's, that's a good attitude. Well, that is his experience of pain, uh, of how you need to overcome the fear because it is paralyzing. Hmm. Uh, how did Nick overcome his physical uh, disability? Uh, disability, his physical uh, uh, not wholeness, mm. yeah, and his emotional disability. Mm. That fear that's so paralyzing, and yet. Cocteau, many people walk around, two arms, two legs, but are not emotionally whole. Where can they go to? Well, where did Nick go to? Where did Nick go to? To get this kind of liberating and and overcoming of the inner fear that we all have. That's right. So we, we, we see what Alice Dick says. He said, I honestly didn't think miracles could ever come from my broken pieces. And I was disabled in fear that my dreams would always seem, remain as dreams, he said. Don't give up on you. Don't give up on God. Mm. Don't give up on love, the love of God. Wow. Right? So, and he further said, I was never crippled until I lost hope. Mm. Faith and hope and optimism. Yes. Uh, Similar. Yes. That's where, that's what God does for us. Now, Nick is married. Mm. He has uh, two children, I would think, a lovely wife. Mm. But does that make him whole? Is that enough? Is Uh, that enough? No. Right? His wife, much as, as she's loving and he's, he's got children, does not make him whole as God wants him to be whole. As in the wholeness which Nick has in his expressions of how he overcame mm-hmm. fear mm-hmm. has to do with being one with God, being trusting of God. When you say one with God, what does that mean? Being restored into what? I have been thinking about that oneness in relation to our oneness of God as the end of time comes, Mm -hmm. that we be found one with God on the right side of God. To be God's friends, not God's enemies. Exactly. See, in in the picture at the end, uh, the king, Christ, has divided post-judgment the world into two separate sides, the ones on his right and the ones on his left. Mm -hmm. And the ones on his right, he calls them my brethren, Mm -hmm. my brothers. That's relational, relationship. Oh, oh yes. And that's so important because he said, he said to the ones on the right, when I I was in prison, you came and visited me. Mm -hmm. When I was sick, you came and helped helped me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was hungry, you you fed fed me. me. And because you've done this to the least amongst yourself, the least of my brethren, 
You've, You've done, done it unto me. Mm. So what Christ was saying was this. These folks on my right, my brethren, are one with me. When they do it to themselves, they do it to me. When you do it to the least, you do mm. it to me. And when you do it to me, you do it to them. Yeah. We are one. Now, wow. that is the oneness with God that we all want yes. to be on the right and not the ones on the left. He said some, um, well, he discarded the left. Yeah. All right, now, now Hebrews 2.11 says this, both he who sanctifieth Christ, who sanctifies us, mm -hmm. and those he sanctifies are both of one. Mm -hmm. Now, here, the one who sanctifies, sanctifies, and the one who are sanctified are both now of one. They are one. Mm. And he said, and I'm not ashamed to call them my brethren. Mm. Now, here it is again, my brothers, in a very real way. Mm. So we are made one or whole, sanctified mm -hmm. with God. That is the oneness I think we should all seek. How do we do that practically, Cocteau? How do we do that? Now, the journey, mm. my journey, my personal journey, yes. began when I realized, when I saw Christ on the cross and I saw that he took my sins. Mm. So in the love of his crucifixion, mm -hmm. he revealed to me my sins. Mm -hmm. The preacher said at that point, whose hands deserves to be nailed? The hands that have restrained itself from helping, the hands that stole, mm -hmm. the hands that gave hurt. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I realized they were my hands. But the preacher said, and his hands were nailed. He took the nails when your hands mm. deserves mm. to be nailed. And in that moment of love, of, of being engulfed in the love of God, knowing the strength of his love, I saw my sins, mm. and that turned me around. And the journey begins when you know the strength of God's love. Mm -hmm. And it is... Once, once, once one has tasted it, taste it is see. so precious that you want another person to taste it. And you would yes. seek out the words, the examples, the stories to reveal that intense love of God. Hmm. So you are motivated by God to spread the gospel because the gospel has become so precious to you. Hmm. And that is your journey. And the more you search, the more you grow in trust of God. And the deeper you fall in love with Jesus yes. Christ. And there's no turning back. Mm. So mm. that ACC fires, that brain lights up, you have no choice. You're wired to love. Mm. Yeah. To receive God's love and to, to give, give God's love. Yes. Our guest today has been Cocteau. Cocteau, thank you so much for sharing these thoughts with us. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure to have been able to do so. Cocteau has a website. That's meditations-mindyourbrain.com. For more information, contact us at 3ABN Australia Radio. We'd love to hear from you. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.